my father's Laguna and Hopi and my mother's full Navajo. And they worked for the railroad, so we, we moved around quite a lot growing up. And I didn't grow up on a reservation, but every summer I would split my summer at different res with my different grandparents. And that, I think, was really unique. And I loved that experience. I loved having those that different cultural upbringing. So my first film, Miss Navajo, was about a beauty pageant. 50-year-old beauty pageant where contestants slaughter sheep instead of wear bathing suits. You know, it's really about tradition and culture. And this film is about an experience that I had remembered growing up with, the throw. That was Billy Luther. He's the director of the documentary film, Grab. Welcome to Artworks, the program that goes behind the scenes with some of the nation's great artists to explore how art works. I'm your host, Josephine Reed. Billy Luther grew up celebrating Grab Day with his father's family in the Laguna Pueblo. Grab is a 300-year-old tradition. It involves throwing food and gifts from the rooftops to members of the community who gather below. Grab Day is a time for families to come together, give thanks for abundance, and pray for renewal. The grab begins with sprinkling of water on the people gathered below followed by the throwing of traditionally baked bread. Then basket after basket of food, toys, paper goods, all manners of gifts are thrown from the roof. For the families that throw, preparation is intense, usually taking months. Enter Billy Luther. The filmmaker followed three families during the year-long preparation straight through to Grab Day itself. The result not only documents a little-known festival, but it gives us an intimate look into the lives of the contemporary Laguna. I saw Luther's documentary titled, appropriately enough, Grab, at the All Roads Film Festival, which is a project of National Geographic. All Roads provides a platform for the work of indigenous and minority filmmakers from around the world. Billy Luther's documentary marks the first time Grab Day has been filmed. I spoke with Billy Luther at the All Roads Festival. Here's our conversation. Billy, tell me about your film, Grab. What is Grab about? Well, Grab is about an over 300-year event that happens usually during the summer months. And it's honoring a saint, a Catholic church, but also a family member who may be named after that saint. So the community comes together and helps honor the saint and also the person who's named after. And it really is about giving and giving prayers out to the community and thanking the community for being part of their family because really the Pueblos, you know, they're so small that you're really connected. The way people give thanks is by taking items, bringing it to the roof of their house, and bestowing it. And Yeah, distributing it. Yeah, and it really was something that I grew up with uh, when I would visit my grandparents during the summer. And it was a unique experience. And I remember going back to San Diego. And I remember one time a teacher asked, you know, what, do, what, what did you do on your summer break? And, and I told, told the class this and they just laughed. They didn't know, they didn't understand it. And I think the teacher, you know, she really wanted me to um, explain it more. And she's like, well, what is it? Is it like a birthday? And I said, it's more like Christmas. It's more like Christmas. You're giving gifts. 
And I just remember catching Cracker Jacks, soda cans, you know, even being hit by a few. But it was just a fun event. But I never asked what it was about or why we did this. It was just something that I took part. I think when I was doing the research, I was asking a lot of the youth about the origins and the history of the grab. And many of them couldn't answer that. So I thought, this is really important. I, I think this film really could help the youth in capturing part of that experience. And also, you know, I was talking to many of the elders as well. And the elders, I didn't know early on that women weren't allowed to join the grab when it first began. And I, so I think for me, this whole experience was really about learning about the history of, of it, but also honoring it. Let's be specific. Your film looks at a particular Laguna Pueblo, which is in New Mexico. What part of New Mexico? It's um, central New Mexico, about an hour west of um, Albuquerque. As in much of the world, it's a confluence of Native traditions and Catholicism coming together and finding a way to live together. Explain how that manifests itself in the grab. Each village has a, a Catholic church that's um, related to a specific saint. And I think that um, what I found was fascinating, you know, with the history of just the, the wars between the Pueblo religion and the Catholic church was interesting to me because I walked away with it realizing that there's two beliefs that can, can live together and honor and respect each other. Because, you know, the feast days, the grab days, you know, are all part of Pueblo culture. And I remember when I was touring with Miss Navajo, my first film, I would go to um, many, many um, film festivals that was, there were so many films about war, many films about war. And always, you know, they're usually, usually tied in with beliefs and religion. So when I was making this film, I thought, wow, it was really fascinating to me that two beliefs can live side by side together and respect each other. And that's what I came away with when, after after the film. I was like, wow, this is really um, something that I didn't really think about early on. But then when I walked away from it, it was like, it was really fascinating. A good unintended consequence. Yes. <laughs> this was the part I was a little bit uncertain about. Is it a feast day associated with a Pueblo church or is it a feast day associated with your particular family? The feast day is the celebration of the saint for that village. For the so village. that day, yes. Okay. So for instance, there's St. Anne, and that's Siyama Village. And that day, if you're named Anne or your middle name, you don't have an Anne, you're usually... Your name. Yeah, your name. Then, then you yeah. throw. And that usually happens during sundown, because during the feast, the saint statue is brought out into the plaza. Because there's a dances, there's traditional dances throughout the day. And then before sundown, the, the saint is returned. So usually at that time, that's when people start honking their horns and you get that announcement of there's grabs happening. Everybody should go out and see your film. But as somebody who's just seen it, I would love to have you describe a little bit everything that goes into throwing. Yeah, it takes about a year, I think, to, to collect these items. I think the film, we follow three families, about a year, a little a little less than a year. And there's a lot of buying items, you know, a lot of trips to Costco and um, Sam's Club. And usually there's a room in the house that's just for these items. And also family members 
maybe your neighbors or people in the community will come by and drop stuff off as well. And it really becomes like this, this community. This, and I think the film shows that. I hope you see it. It's community working together to make this happen. I remember we threw one year and it was really, really cool. Tell me about it. We went, I don't know how many trips to Costco. And I remember just asking my grandfather when he was still living at the time. I was like, wow, this is so fun. He's like, well, when, when I was a young boy, it was much different. We grew our items. We made our items. The things that we threw, it wasn't a trip to these stores. Everything was homemade, homegrown, and they don't do that anymore. And I think the only item that is made is the bread that's usually tossed in the beginning. And as you see in the film, the pottery and I think that when you prepare yourself to do this, it's a commitment. It's a lot of money, but also a lot of work. And we saw family members donating items. And I think the grab usually lasts almost 45 minutes because you have so many items in, in laundry baskets and you're tired. You're out of breath after throwing 45 minutes. <laughs> this is the first time a grab has been filmed. How did you gain access it really was a lot of calls, a lot of emails and letters that I wrote to the governor and uh, the Pueblo of Laguna. And, you know, there has been filming on the res for high-profiled Hollywood films. And I think for me, being Pueblo, opened that door. And when I was writing all these letters and these phone calls, I was telling them, this is what I'm going to show. You know, I'm not going to be exploiting my own community. I'm not going to be filming ceremonies that are sacred because the film is grab it's about this event it's not about anything else and i'm not going to go into the kivas and film and it also helped that my father's childhood friend was the governor at the time and i told him like i said when i was doing the interviews i was asking a lot of the youth about the origins of the grab and many of them couldn't answer so i used also that you know as an example in my treatment and proposals to the community. So we got the okay, and it went off. Everybody, I think, in the community was excited about this film because they really felt it was an important to document because it's never been documented before. And I think when we were doing the research, we were trying to find a photo of the grab. We looked everywhere. We came to D.C. We, we went to the Pueblos asking everybody, who has photographs of this? And we couldn't find one single photograph. And I think that when we filmed it, we just had this high, all of the crew, just we were filming something that was really like a first. And we knew that going in last time we filmed. It really was, wow, we, this is history. Okay, as you said, you follow three families, Josie and Augustine, Rebecca and Dell. How did you choose them? Well, I did like an open call. I, I really wanted to like meet many people and... These three families I thought were very unique. Josie and her um, husband, Augustine, have four children. And they range from, you know, 10 to, what, 18. And I was like, wow, and this family really loves each other. And I think the connection that I felt when I met them, I was like, this is the family that I want to follow. So they were one That's of the first. That's the family I wanted to be a part of. <laughs> <laughs> so they were, they were the first that I did choose to follow. And then Rebecca, you know, she was unemployed. She's a single mother with a daughter, a teenage daughter. And she also said that she wanted to kind of return to the old days of growing her items. So I thought, wow, that's really fascinating. You know, let's let's capture that. 
And then Dell, you know, who lives off the reservation, who comes back every year for this. And when he told me that his family all returns home for this event, his family all live in different parts of the country, fly in for this. I was like, wow, I want to I want to capture this. You know, I want to capture your family coming together. So I thought, wow, these three families are very different from each other. And they each celebrate it differently and prepare for it differently. So those three, those three families were it. I think it was important for the three families to just have this different experience and go on that journey with them. You know, it's hard to talk about how much stuff is thrown. It's hard to conceptualize it unless you see it. I know laundry baskets are filled with food and with gifts. And I thought, okay, four or five laundry baskets, that would be a lot of stuff. I was not prepared for the fact that there is a room filled with laundry baskets that's filled with all this food and gifts. Yeah. When you saw in the film, like that was one of the first times that I saw that. What, what do you call that? That the families all each family. Like the fireman shed. Yes, yes. Yeah. From that room to the rooftop, there's people handing. That was like, oh my gosh, like I've never seen anything like that. And that's like it was such a great thing to capture on film was like this family all working together to put these baskets on the rooftop. And yeah, it is a lot, a lot of stuff. And like I said, 45 minutes is a long time to be throwing stuff off your roof. So, And it's also a wonderful time, as you say in the film, for families to come together. One of the families said, we might not get together for Thanksgiving. We might not get together for Christmas. But people fly in if, yes. if they're throwing, Yeah, if and the family is throwing. Josephine and Augustine, they had a feast. Yeah, they had yeah. 50 yeah. family and friends there. Yeah, and Dell as well. You know, each each family does have a feast. They feed many people. That is a process, too. So you're, you're balancing, you know, the throw, but also you're balancing feeding all these people coming into your house. So it, we were filming, I think, around the clock. We were there, like, like I said, 4.30 in the morning, sometimes leaving, you know, at midnight just capturing these families cooking, chopping things up and, you know, or taking things out of containers to put into their, their throw. So there was so much to do, so much to film. We also helped a little bit when we put the cameras down. We helped sweep. We helped clean the house <laughs> with them because, I mean, it was a lot of work. And it really was, I think, an experience that I don't want, ever want to film this again. <laughs> I'm glad I had this experience, but man, it was a lot of work because, you know, we were shooting, but then when we weren't shooting, we were helping clean and feed people who were visiting. Let's hear an excerpt from Grab. Here's the setup. It's now Grab Day. But before the throwing begins, the heads of all three of the family stand on their roofs and give the traditional Laguna blessing to the people gathered below. Parker Posey, who's the narrator of the film, translates this invocation into English. This is for you. Thank you for your prayers, your thoughts, and your blessings. Everything you take here, enjoy it. Don't let anything go to waste. And to those who continue to return each year, your support is not forgotten. Celebrate your life, your family, and each other. 
I'm interested in, in telling these stories that are unique about our culture. But I think a lot of people can identify with grab because many other cultures, they might not have a grab or a throw, but they have something almost similar to that. And there's parallels in, in the culture. So I think that when I made the film, it was like, I think people can go home. I hope they can go home and see that, that there's similarities between the different cultures. Why film? What drew you to film? I didn't want to work behind a desk. That's the one thing that I, that I knew that I didn't want to do. I just remember my parents would come home and, um, or my dad, you know, he was an engineer that you know, train, so he had an interesting job. He was driving these trains around. And my mother worked behind a desk. And I remember one of the things is that she took me to go see 9 to 5 with Dolly Parton. And she's like, oh my gosh, that is so me and my friends working behind a desk. And and also my grandparents. My grandparents would watch Dynasty in Dallas. And I would follow these stories and, and saw how my family would react to these stories and laugh. And it was something in me that was like, oh my God, I see how my family's reacting to these. And so that's what I wanted to kind of give. So I was always like doing something like writing a play, singing, or, you know, just just something having to do with art. And I just knew at an early age, this is what I want to do. I want to make films. I want to be on a location. I want to give an audience that kind of enjoyment that that I had. It's a tough business. <laughs> yeah. And you kind of picked a tough aspect of a tough business yes. in documentaries. Yes. Do- documentaries about Native Americans. <laughs> no, it is. You're out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is tough. And when I made my first doc feature, uh, Miss Navajo, I remember in the middle of the shooting, I was like, what did I get myself into? Why am I doing this? Um, why didn't you know I do what people usually do and you know get a job and work nine to five? But I see it as a tough business, but then I also see it as a rewarding experience. I think that I love going into meetings and pitches and, and writing um, proposals to various grants because... I just push these unique stories out. And the creativity is there because I'm writing my proposal. Many people don't like that because it's just dry. And But for me, I always put my voice into whatever I'm writing and make it fun, interesting, because I've read many proposals and they are a lot of them are very dry and just statistics and hit you with a lot of facts, you know. But for this, I just always make it fun and it must work because I, I do get grants. Yeah, you do. You, <laughs> and you get great grants. We're sitting in National Geographic. You're part of the All Roads Festival. Yeah. You've been affiliated with Sundance. Yeah. You've got a grant from Ford, did yeah. you not? Ford Fellowship, yep. And mm-hmm. Creative Capital. Yeah, Creative Capital. There's a lot of prestigious and competitive grants that I that I received. And let's give a shout out to NAPT yes. because I've interviewed Shirley Sneed. Native American Public Telecommunications. For this, for Grab, they were one of the, the largest and one of the first funders of, of this film. And I think, you know, they were really intrigued in this story because it was the first time that cameras were allowed to go into this community. And I think that they really appreciated my previous film, Miss Navajo. And really wanted to work on this project. And then there's also the back end part, Billy, which is distribution. That's the toughest. But it's also changes distribution because, you know, right now you have technology. You can you can watch stuff on the net. You know, many people choose to self-distribute their films. But for me, Miss Navajo and Grab, I get Corporation for Public Broadcasting money. So these projects will be seen on PBS. And I think this is a perfect place for both films. 
especially on PBS, there's not that many Native American content on their channels, which is quite shocking because, you know, they're pretty diverse. You know, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done with Native American films. But I, I love I love having that struggle that keeps me working harder. I think that there's many Native filmmakers out there and our work is seen at usually the same venues. Sundance is a great supporter of Native works. So just keep making the films and hopefully there's going to be change. But it's also there's an audience for it. There's an audience for it. And I think with Grab, I noticed that Sundance, every screen that we had was sold out and there was probably maybe one or two Native Americans in each audience. It was non-Native audiences because there's a, a need and a there's an audience out there for it. And what about being part of a festival like this one, All Roads, which is films from around the world? All Roads is the funnest, I think, and also like one of the, the best places to come because I see films that I probably wouldn't get to see. There's films from all over the world. And I don't think there's like a definition you can say about the films that they select. Because every year it's so unique, so diverse. And these indigenous stories that are told by emerging filmmakers and some are established. But I think that it's such a unique selection of films that they have that I, I just feel like, wow, this is something to be here. And also, you know, to have your film played at, you know, National Geographic is a highlight on you know anybody's resume. <laughs> yeah. You know, it strikes me about film that it is collaborative every step of the way. Yeah, from soup to nuts. Yeah, it is not just making your film, but also after your film. Mm-hmm. How do you distribute your film? And all you're always doing work, even at film festivals, you're always working because you know you're always asking what's your next project you know what's what's next so you come here to show your film but you're also working so yeah it is collaboration and the thing that i found that was unique with this time i'm here is that i also had still photographers on the project and um, once we got the okay i was like okay i'm bringing three cameramen videographers i'm bringing three still photographers and we're going to shoot the mother out of this <laughs> and we had a time like 13 14 months this date to this date and that's all you can do and once we had that permit we shot we shot everything we could it's because it was a first and for us it was so rewarding the still photographers they also captured things that aren't in the film i mean you saw snapshots in in the film of their work but i think it was after a filming was done that we were like, wow, you know, I knew I was going to use those photos in the film, but I just had a, a phone conference with the photographer saying, let's get an exhibit together. So let's get a photo exhibit. These photographs are beautiful. And we selected, I think, a little over 50 photographs for an exhibit. We wrote a proposal and we asked National Museum of the American Indian in New York if they had space and they wanted to look at the work. They saw it. We got a call, I think, the next day, they said, yes, we want to exhibit your work. So we had to raise money for that as well. We went to Kickstarter and raised over $25,000 in, I think, two weeks to get these photographs printed, framed. The photo exhibit opened when we premiered at Sundance in January this year. And it was going to be just for, I think, four weeks, but they extended it to July because it was just really popular and people were always commenting to see something that's refreshing 
contemporary native photographs stuck out. Like I said, we raised our money on Kickstarter and we got it together. And I think it was a great extension of the film was showing these photographs. Now it's at the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center in New Mexico until November. And we also have a partial selected works here, 10 photos here in National Geographic All Roads Festival that's going to be on display until um, November. So I think that was, you know, that was unexpected, but, you know, that was just something that we felt, wow, it's such a great exhibit and people need to see it. Okay. Dare I ask what's next? <laughs> yeah, I re- I want, I'm working on my third tribe, the Hopi, and I really want to focus on social networking, what the effects are of maintaining your culture through social networking by following people who live off the res, Hopis who live off the res and on the res who use social networking. Does it help maintain or, you know, does it hurt, you know, the culture? So I really want to focus. And one of my early inspirations in film was Kainasquatsi. And I think that was in 82. You know, that's a Hopi word for life out of balance. I really want to do a little play on that and follow technology and um, tell a story through social networking with the Hopi community. I look forward to it, Billy. Thank you so much. (laughs) It was really a pleasure. Thank Thank you. you. That was documentary filmmaker Billy Luther. We were talking about his latest film, Grab. You've been listening to Artworks, produced at the National Endowment for the Arts. Adam Campy is the musical supervisor. Excerpt from Grab, narrated by Parker Posey, used courtesy of Billy Luther. Excerpt from the soundtrack of Grab, composed by David Benjamin Steinberg. Special thanks to David Lowe and to Francine Blythe and Carrie Engel from National Geographic. The Artworks podcast is posted every Thursday at arts.gov. And now you can subscribe to Artworks at iTunes U. Just click on the iTunes link on our podcast page. Next week, 2011 NEA opera honoree John Conklin. To find out how art works in communities across the country, keep checking the Artworks blog or follow us at NEA Arts on Twitter. For the National Endowment for the Arts, I'm Josephine Reed. Thanks for listening.